Welcome to the Talking Serverless Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Jones, joined today by Rochus and Dimfor, a senior serverless developer at Serverless Guru, a leader in cloud consulting. Rochus has been developing web and desktop applications for almost 10 years now, but once he learned about serverless in 2020, he's been all in ever since. Since then, he's helped create his own user group uh, in Douala, Cameroon, become a prolific blogger. And uh, first and foremost, probably the biggest thing is uh, AWS Hero in all of Africa, the first one. Um, so how are you doing today, Roshis? Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's great to have you, you on. Um, you know, we're, we're just January 20th. We're like 20 days into a new year. How has everything been going for you so far? Well, it's been going pretty good, Ryan. Uh, I mean, I had a pretty good uh, new year and I mean, Christmas and new year. And apart from that, you know, it's just been development and, you know, being around family. So it's all been good. It's all been good. Can't complain. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, same over my end too. So I was curious, like uh, when it comes to how people get into serverless, it's, you know, it's, it's come around in the past, like uh, since like 2015, but really it's only gained maturity, maybe 2018 around there. And it's still actively gaining maturity now. So you've been in development a lot longer uh, than serverless. So how did, how did all that take place? How did you get into tech? How did it get to cloud stuff? And then how did you eventually get into serverless? All right. Yeah, that's, uh, I like the question. So <laughs> um, back in 2007, you know, after I finished uh, what they call an advanced level down here, GCE advanced level. So my mom suggested I go to India and, you know, do something they call programming. Now, I didn't, I didn't know what programming was because I just wanted to do, I wanted to be a doctor. You know, I, I was just doing physics, math biology so i just wanted to be a doctor but you no know, she started talking about programming going to india to study programming so i was like okay i'll i'll do that so when i got to india i got to learn about uh, c programming uh, java programming and then it didn't still click back then you know i was i think my mind was was struggling i think my mind was struggling to like accept the fact that this is its new reality so, so I didn't really click with programming back then. It's actually when I came back from India in 2010, and then I got into the university to, uh, to do a four-year engineering program. That's when I started uh, understanding what I learned two years before. You know, so my final year project, my final year project was about uh, that's 2014. That's the very... Uh, 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 first official application that I'd written because I'd been writing applications, but I didn't write nothing official. It was actually a restaurant application where there's a client and there's a server. You know, so the, the, clients, uh, the client is actually installed on an Android tablet and then waiters can go out to, to, the, to go into the restaurant and take client orders and take uh, uh, customer orders. On the application, and then they send the orders to a server in the kitchen. So, so what they do is that they just take the orders, and then you know the chefs and the and the servers just you know they just serve each table. So this table needs this, that table needs that. So I did that application. And I tried selling that application. I actually went out and met. I went out to actual restaurants and I tried selling the idea, but well, uh, for my environment back then it was too early, so it didn't catch up on it. So. After that, now I got into Android development full time uh, with Java, and I did development for about uh, four years to 2018. 
And then I discovered uh, Flutter. I uh, uh, since since I mean I was I was a freelancer, and each time you're building an application for a client, they want both the Android and the iOS. You know, so but, I mean with Java alone you cannot do that. So when Flutter came along, I really embraced it because I mean it was it, you just build once and run on multiple platforms. It was great. You know, so I I, I used that to actually satisfy my clients, and I did I did that from 2018 to 2020, where, where uh, that's, that's November 2020, a friend of mine, Fon, Fon Quincy, is actually the co-organizer of our Duala meetup group, of our AWS meetup group, Duala. So he, he said there's something, there's something called Lambda, there's something called serverless. I didn't know what serverless was. I maybe I was living under the rock, but, under a rock, but I didn't know what serverless was, so he was like, there's Lambda, the serverless, there's this thing that you can help you create APIs faster and stuff like that. And I just said, okay, I mean, he's not a developer, he's not he's not a technical guy, but he knows about this thing. Maybe I should give it a try. So I got on the AWS blog and then I saw a very simple tutorial on how to create a crude API with Lambda, API, API Gateway, and uh, DynamoDB. I was like, okay. Uh, let me try it out. I tried it out and it was really good. And then I discovered uh, the serverless framework. And then when I opened up the GitHub repository, they have a ton of, of samples there. Like you just, you can just take it and run it and it just runs like that. And that's where I was like, oh shit, I've been missing out on something. So uh, that took about from November to, to March, 2021, where I started, I wrote my first serverless API in March 2021. So when I wrote my first API, I just started, that's, I started blogging. So I posted my first blog on the 31st of March 2021. And from then, I was just, I started seeing that AWS has a, both 200 different services. I was like, wow. So I just, I've seen applications and then I've seen how they, they, they developed them. I, heard, I started hearing about uh, the CDK, I was hearing about SAM, I was hearing about uh, uh, DynamoDB in-depth, you know, global secondary keys and stuff like that, event bridge. I just wanted to get into everything. So I was just creating applications around a lot of stuff and then blogging about them. And one thing I noticed that wasn't, wasn't in the community back at that time was the way tutorials were being put out in the public. It wasn't being put out from a real, uh, uh, from a, a real use case perspective. Well, what I checked out, you know, so I, I decided that, okay, my tutorials will actually be drawn from a real use case experience. So if I want to build a tutorial and make sure that it's something real life, something that you can easily relate to, that's, that has always been my mantra. That's that's how I always like putting out my children. Because if it's something that you easily relate to, you can easily easily be interested in learning. You know, it's not just something abstract. So that's why I had to my my blog posts are always in series because it's actually a product that I'm building, and then I'm putting it out in form of tutorial. So that's what I was doing. So while doing all of that, I didn't know I had attend. I was getting attention and I was getting eyes on me. You know, I was just, I mean, I, I just had my head down and I just kept on going and going and going. And then 
I mean, you came along. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was a deal breaker for me. To your date, I, uh, I'm really grateful for the, for the opportunity that you, you actually gave me. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, uh, alongside the hero thing is the best for 2021, even 2022 right now. So when you came along now, I started seeing the possibilities of serverless because the first thing is that I, before this, I never, done any and i've never worked in any enterprise before stuff like that I, I was always solo but now i've been given an opportunity to work on work in a great team you know on a great project you know in a great company and with serverless you know just getting to serverless a couple of months before it was really amazing for me so i uh i just kept on doing what i was doing and then one day when i returned from my daily uh, run I saw a mail from AWS asking me if I wanted to be a hero. I mean, I obviously I reached out to a, to a couple of guys before, like I reached out to Alex Debris, you know, asking him what it takes to be a hero. I, I said I wanted to because I, this is somebody I really admire, and I was like, I want to actually be a hero like you. What should I do? And he let me he let me some pointers like uh, I should blog and you know maybe share my content, and that's exactly what I did. So uh, when I started, when I received that email, I couldn't even sleep that night. I was like, this is not even what I expected this year. You know, it's too early, you know, it's too early, but are these guys really serious? I mean, it's a mistake because, I mean, I mean, look at this, it's not, then the first in Africa and the only one like, man, that was too much for me to handle. And <laughs> up until now I'm stoked, like, <laughs> but it was great. It was great, I enjoyed it. Oh, and I'm still enjoying it. So, so I mean, that's, that's, I don't know if, I think I'm answering a question that will be asked later on how mm -hmm. to be a serverless hero. You know, it's, it's just about sharing with the community. You know, it's, it's, about, it's about giving back. You know, because I think all my knowledge, all the knowledge that I have today, especially concerning serverless, is from what I've gotten from blog posts, videos, Udemy videos and stuff like that. It's about people sharing. So giving back to the community is, is, is always top, should be top priority for everybody. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't talk a lot. I can talk from now to tomorrow. So. <laughs> amazing. No, amazing. No, I'll, I'll, I have like a, I was taking like, you know, kind of like almost like word for word, like snippets of what you're saying. So I'll send that to you like after as well. That's a really cool timeline. I, I'm very appreciative when people, when get asked that question, they actually know <laughs> the dates. <laughs> 2007 in India, right. four-year degree, Java developer. Um, actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did that as well. I, I did um, uh, Java development and Android development. I uh, made like a Android app, and that was actually what I used to get a job at uh, Nike doing like serverless stuff. So it was kind of like my jump off point a little bit as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that's cool that, you know, similar backgrounds. I actually was in uh, Portland and I saw a Flutter meetup take place. And it was like really, it was pretty early on. Maybe like, yeah, like you said, like around like 2018, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. 2017, 2018. It was still like really early days, but that was the thing. It's like yeah. for people that were doing Android and then Flutter came out and you can build for both iOS and Android. And it was like huge sponsor behind it, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, super cool. Um, so kind of going into this, uh, talking about the blog side and, you know, to, to give context, I think at one point you mentioned 
that you started working uh, with me and with Serverless Guru. And the, one of the things where I actually discovered you as well is like, I think we started talking after I was doing this like random Twitter thing where I would like look up serverless and then find people that are writing serverless content. And I would read it on like a live stream. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a, such an interesting thing that took place there. Um, but I, I like your articles are really in depth and I love that it is actually like a full use case. So it's like the one that I read was like probably four articles, like back to back. And I think that is something that happens a lot of times with uh, tutorials. So I guess like, what, what are your thoughts there? Like you kind of described your philosophy around writing content. You want it to be like real use case, uh, and applicable. Um, is that, have you, have you learned anything new in that process? Are you going to keep doing that format for the foreseeable future? Like, uh, what does that look like? I think that's, that format works well for me. It's like, it's like a body of work. It's like an album, a Jay-Z album. No, Jay-Z album is a body of work. Yeah. Like from the first song right down to the last song, it's like, you have to listen to the whole thing to understand his state of mind at that point. You know, through the through the entire phase, uh, how he wrote the album and everything. You know, so uh, drawing. Firstly, I like to tell stories. You know, and and then I also I also I like when I uh, I try to draw a user's attention to 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 like like it's like a journey, right? Like, see, this is a real life uh, application that I build something that I can easily relate to. And then come, let me walk you through how the process from start to finish on how I did it. And I've realized that a lot of people relate to that kind of content because the issues that are faced here are almost similar to the same issues others are facing. For example, the, um, the babysitter app that are, that are documented on, on GitHub yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think every parent has uh, reached a point where they found it difficult getting a nanny to look after their sibling, after their kids rather. So, you know, at a certain point you would be like, I wish there was an online service or you would actually reach out to an online service to find out if, you know, the, 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 you can hire somebody to actually be around your kids while you're doing some very important work. So it's just something that I like to, no, I like to just build around uh, real life use cases, and I think that users, I mean readers, actually, you know, they easily relate to that kind of content. No, absolutely. No, it makes perfect sense too. That like full story arc, um, so that people are like not just looking at it as just this isolated case of like here's a YAML file, but like the full like end end thing. And so I guess like in in that topic, when it comes to serverless. Do you look at serverless as like purely just like a technology or do you look at it more in that kind of story format of like it's it's a way to build that full use case versus like, I guess, maybe like isolating it down to like Lambda functions, like the way that you're kind of describing it is like, yes, we will use Lambda functions. Yes, API gateway. Yes, DynamoDB and other stuff. But that's not the point. Like um, the point is you're trying to build something real and this is just a mechanism for doing that. Is that kind of how you look at it? It, that's exactly how I look at it because I mean, serverless is an architectural, uh, you know, pattern, a way of building software, right? And it's not it's not just about the lambdas and the dynamos and the step functions and stuff like that. It's it's just it's just about it's a it's a way that you have to follow in order to it's a make uh, yeah it's a way that you have to follow in order to build beautiful applications. And the thing is that 
when you follow this way to build this application, your application, it's hassle-free and I mean it's it's fun and it's it's less stressful than the other way. You know, so at the end of the day, even though it has services, but it's not just all about the services, it's actually a, a way, it's a movement. For me, serverless is actually a movement. That's why I always talk about it at any instant I get. Like I can just meet a random person and you know, just start talking about serverless. I maybe they I mean they don't understand what I'm saying, but I think I should just let them know that there's a way of doing of building your, your software now, which I think you should check out. You know, so it's it's not just about the services, but I think it's a movement. No, I love that. I love that. Um, and to kind of dive deeper into that, let's talk a bit about what that transition was like, because you you do have more of the traditional backgrounds like Java, uh, Android, object-oriented yes. programming, and probably running those things on like working with like virtual machines and so on. So yeah. making that transition towards serverless, and then like you said, talking about like the I think you even maybe mentioned stress for a second there, or just like what it took to basically build that same thing. What does that kind of look like if you had to paint a picture about going from mm. from from there to here? You know, you know the the reason why I easily why I easily uh, uh, got into serverless and why I understood it and picked it up quickly was because of the pain I felt of building non-serverless applications. <laughs> I used to host on. I'm sorry, I used to host on Digital Ocean. I used to create uh, backends with PHP and MySQL. And wow, wow, it's really stressful. <laughs> Especially like, I built, I mean, I built quite a couple of APIs with, with PHP and, and MySQL. And man, you know, on Digital Ocean, you, you actually buy droplets. You know, droplets like your Linux mesh VMs, and you actually have to to set it up yourself, install everything. I remember one time I because I wasn't really good with Linux commands, and I uh, I actually uh, messed up my 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 cluster, my my droplet, and you know, Digital Ocean doesn't they don't have the right to like they cannot SSH into your into your into your virtual machine. They don't. No, I, I reached out to them and asked if somebody could SSH into my virtual machine and actually uh, resolve the problem. They said they couldn't. They don't have the right to do that. All they can do is just clean it and stop. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so um, after like doing all of those, well, building an API, hosting on the on the, on, on the servers, you know, uh, monitoring it. I don't want to talk about caching. I've never done any caching. <laughs> So when I look at all of that and then I saw serverless, what? Like, it's just like you're carrying a huge, I mean, you're carrying like about 10, uh, 50 kilograms of, of something and then you just finally put it down. You, like, you feel like really, really you feel uh, stress-free. You, know? you feel like relieved. You know, that's, that's how I felt when I moved from the traditional way of building APIs to the serverless way of building APIs. No, you can, you, can, you can actually wrap up and spin up. You can wrap up a serverless API and spin up a server in a matter of, I mean, in a very short time. But traditionally, that cannot happen. That wouldn't happen. No, even if you have, uh, or you, even if you already have a, a code, like a reusable code around, it wouldn't still happen that quickly. No, so when serverless, serverless came and made this whole thing fun, 
you know, you made mm -hmm. development fun again. Yeah, see, I love that. I love that part too. Um, so I, let me make sure to take a note there because like SLS is fun because like that is something, right? Like the at the end of the day, like we can do things in a lot of ways, but like it does, I get a lot of enjoyment actually of working mm -hmm. with serverless and it's like, it just feels like it's, you know, plugging integrations together and that's like, uh, but to go to a different point, I, I, I really like something that you were saying, which is um, it came across to me as like, like serverless, like you mentioned caching, right? And it seemed like, and this was something in my experience I had, I had, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't put time into it because everything else took so much time. So like, exactly. I was so focused on everything else. I never got to get to the stuff that actually makes the user experience of the actual product like way better. And so yeah. that made me think of something, which is like, what are your thoughts on, on that piece, which is like serverless abstracts so many of these layers away that you get to focus on all the stuff that you didn't get to focus on before. And a lot of those things make a, actually a really big impact to, to users. Have you seen that in your experience? I think I've seen that quite a couple of times. You know, like there's this app I built in, a, that was, that was, I think that was 2018. It was sort of, a, sort of a, an e-commerce application for, for a client. And, oh man, oh man. Like because actually he the way he, he <laughs> the way he expected it to work, it was <clears throat> the business the business model around the application was just so I was still trying to wrap my head around the whole thing such a way that I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have time to really give the the the, the technical aspect I could I didn't have time to put I didn't have enough time to put into the technical aspect of the application it was just it was a complete flop. You know, it was it was a complete disaster. You know, it's it just comes down. I think I think it came down to the fact that I didn't have a team. You know, it was yeah, it was, it was just a one man kind of thing, and that's what I learned from then that working in a team was 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 a lot better than than working solo. You know, because if there was a team and then everybody would have had delegated tasks and there would be somebody uh, talking to the client on the business side of, of of stuff and then you know the other guys to handle technicalities and stuff like that and the project would have gone well but it was a mess yeah gotcha um yeah so that made me think of something which is like in your experience like i've i've tried to describe what 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 i do also with like cloud development things like that and a lot of times the first thing that gets thrown out is oh devops so you're working with CSD pipelines you're helping like set that up for other people. Um, but I think like the, the, what we actually do and, you know, for full transparency, I know some of what Roche does <laughs> just cause I, I have like some insight of that day to day, but, um, but like what we're doing is like not just DevOps, right? Like we're, we're, you're writing application code. You, you're, you're, so like talk me through like, what does the average, what does a day look like for a, a serverless developer for like what, what you're doing and building for clients? Like, yeah, like kind of kind of spell that out so that we can maybe talk about like if the definition okay. makes sense or not for the community. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, well, there's Jira, right? <laughs> so what happens is that the team lead actually, you know, assigns there are a couple of tickets, open open tickets on Jira, and you know, so the team the team lead moves them into uh, into into because it's been separated weekly. So what you do is that you get in, 
then you choose a task which you think which you think it's i mean you can you can work on within a considerable time frame so when you choose that task now you get on it i like one thing i like about working on working at a serverless guru and on the team is that you know even though you're working on a task and everybody is on their own task but when you have an issue you know everybody comes to your to your aid so so what what happens is that when you get on it and you start doing the work if there's a problem you can easily reach out to any of the team members and they can do easily step in and give you a hand or something so i cannot really put my finger on a specific thing let me say uh, you're working on devops today and tomorrow you're maybe uh, uh, writing serverless code and stuff it's just some where well, it can be like that some days you can actually be uh, trying to configure the uh, github actions which I, i've never done before i mean i've left it for the big boys <laughs> but but sometimes you write testing i mean every time you have to write tests when you when you do when you write the serverless the serverless code and stuff like that. so it's just i think on a normal day the normal day is just about writing code and testing it and i mean if devops comes up in the ticket if you can pick it up you can you pick it up most of the time documentation comes comes up too you know drawing the architecture diagrams you know there's a lot of stuff it's just it's just i think you just have to be an all-round developer which is really good you know which i really love but i don't know if i've answered the question properly but yeah no no it's I totally good it. um yeah no it's i think it's insightful to like listeners to get like some some idea around that and i guess like the the thing that was in my head that i i kind of get more context on is like um sometimes like the idea of like serverless developer like cloud developer you know there's ec2 there's ecs there's containers there's virtual machines you can do cicd pipelines people make their entire career just doing those things um there's cloud security aspects and like auditing cloud trail and like there's a level of like they might also say that they're cloud developers and they are equally and so it's like this like thing of like where what what do we actually do on a daily basis and and i think something that's interesting about it is that when you make that transition let's say you were coming from a non cloud or like serverless background and you were like a java developer or you're doing javascript and front end or something uh previously when you make that transition you are still writing like application code you are still writing like node.js or like golang or python it's just that you're now stitching together and like plugging things in just to build much more of the entire application like you said like you become that that completely well-rounded developer that has that's doing all of these things and and you mentioned that there like github actions is interesting because what what we're seeing there too is like before did, did you run like jenkins pipelines or or see any of those like no, okay I've, okay i've never run any of those pipelines before okay yeah, yeah cuz it's like the like the jenkins pipelines you know you got groovy files and you're setting all this stuff up and now we have github actions and it's like we've abstracted away all the configuration of build servers and how much time and maintenance and headaches those were to to create and now it runs faster it's it can be it can be picked up and learned in maybe like a week or something versus like months and months yeah. um yeah. and it's yeah. way less expensive yeah um yeah. so so yeah so not to go way down a rant um so yeah. I want to I want to like really make sure um that we get a chance to talk about like first AWS hero of Africa huge absolutely gigantic 
And you kind of mentioned it towards the beginning that you didn't expect like that, no. what that meant. So no. I no. guess like, can you, can you let us know, like what, what did it feel like when it was announced and what happened afterwards? And like, what does oh, that mean? Man. Oh man. No. Um, okay. When it was announced, right. It's uh, I mean, my inbox on LinkedIn and you know, on Twitter blew up. You know, I, I mean, that's the first time I felt, I felt like uh, the president of the United States. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean, it was it was amazing. Like everybody reached out. Like I mean, I came I came later, like the next day, and I saw about I mean, I saw about uh, was it 418 LinkedIn profile views. I, I mean, I've never had up to eight. <laughs> you know, it was like everybody wanted to know. Um, how can I be a serverless hero? Wow, you how how are you a serverless hero from Cameroon, from Douala? You know, because right here, down here, I mean, we have electricity problems, we have internet problems. So, you know, everybody was just you. They couldn't believe it. Like it was, I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I was they were, they were surprised. I was surprised too. Like we were surprised. All of us were just. But at the end of the day, uh, I realized that it was. Uh, it was more of a responsibility. It was a responsibility which I I, uh, I had to I had to step up to, you know, because being named an, an a hero is uh, is not just for you to take the accolades and go and sit down. It's for you to actually uh, step up and keep on uh, putting the name up high. So that's exactly what I've been trying to do ever since. You know, like like I I want what I do is that I go and look at the blog posts or the content that I've already put out. And then I try to go a little bit higher than that. You know, I try to increase, I don't know, I'm not increasing the difficulty because I always believe that there are more rookies than pros. And I prefer to keep teaching rookies because I mean, by teaching rookies, I'll have a class full, you know? So I try to step up the way I write my articles, like by bringing in, more by by connecting more AWS services, but still explaining those concepts like I'm talking to a two year old, it's it's really difficult to to you know to take really complex uh, subjects and distill them to the to the you know to lowest to lowest form. So that's that's actually I looked at the service hero thing as more of a responsibility and that I had to you know step up to and you know achieve more, share more with the public. And no, I don't know if there's a, another title greater than that, but I, I wish to go higher than that. But anyway, there's a responsibility, which I think I need, to, I need to step up to. And anybody or everybody who has that title also have to step up and you know, and not, not necessarily proving anything, but just just keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just it. That's just it. amazing. Amazing. And so I guess like um, following on to that, um, I'm not sure how many people listening know what the tech scene looks like uh, in Douala or in, in most parts of uh, Africa. So what does what does it look like? And is it, is it emerging? Are there any like big names to keep an eye out for that are like companies that are that are coming up that might end up getting like global awareness or like how does that stuff look? Yeah, there's a we actually have a Silicon Mountain here mm. in Cam yeah in Cameroon. It's called uh, 
it's like a dua at boya brother i'm sorry yeah there are a lot of I, it, they have a lot of uh, tech uh, startups in the silicon mountain i haven't really been there a lot of times because of uh, there's there's some there's a civil war going on and i'm scared to get shot but there's some tech stuff coming up right there and there's actually there's this uh, tech i think i don't know if it's i don't think it's a startup but it's a company called active spaces and it's they're actually doing a great job to the tech in the Cameroonian tech community, you know, there's quite a lot going out, going on down here. And Cameroonians are really smart, you know, are really smart. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to put ourselves on the map to, you know, we're trying to put ourselves on the map, in, you know, on the tech map in one way, in one way or the other. So I think there's, there's quite a lot, but for particular names of individuals, I, I don't know, I don't know of any, but I know about, you know, names of, of companies that you know that are trying to step up their their tech game. So I think the Silicon Mountain is it has it has a lot of tech startups, you know, tech incubators that are I think they'll pop up maybe in a couple of years from now. Yeah, this is awesome. I, I definitely recommend everybody to look up uh, Silicon Mountain because I did I did while you're talking and and it, there's a long there's a long list of of there's like it looks like there's three startup incubators or Tons yes. and tons of startups. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, this is super cool. Um, yeah, love that. Okay, and so as we're kind of coming to a close as well, like I think it's important to like reflag the Dwala user group. Um, something that's kind of like really interesting about it is that uh, you mentioned a co-organizer earlier might have helped, uh, you know, kind of expose uh, you to serverless and Lambda. Um, what was the origin of that, and how has it grown since you first started it? Yeah, the origin was that uh, was uh, that was uh, Gen- January, like okay, it was January two thousand and twenty-one, where we, we created the the first we create we we organized the first meetup in January twenty twenty-one. So uh, we are we have we are two organizers, right? Like so, the the my co-organizer his uh, concern he 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 focuses on certifications. And then I'm the technical guy, you know. So what we do is that we've had we've had four meetups, you no know, five meetups so far. So what he do, does is that he during the first meetup he brings up here he, he talks about certifications, and then the second meetup I talk about I go technical and I talk about serverless services. So we've actually moved from we moved from about nineteen users yeah 19 user group members to about 40 user group members and it's, it's actually been amazing but one thing i've noticed about uh the community is that they are they're more they are they're more inclined towards certifications you know when i start talking about te- when i start going technical and talking about code not everybody's a coder and people who most people who see code for the first time they don't like it no, so <laughs> yeah, so so they are more inclined to towards certifications because we are used to certifications. You know, where our society, you know, were built around uh, being certified. You know, getting a certificate to get the job and stuff like that. But the way I've been built, I don't really, I don't, not that I don't admire certifications, but. I don't really like certification. I don't have any certifications. Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll grab a couple of them. 
but I feel like you should have the technical know-how. You know, you should have your skin in the game if if you need to get into this, into AWS. You know, in general, I don't care what whether it's uh, I mean, DevOps or what. I don't know. Just get you have to get your skin in the game. You have to learn how to code. You have to do something. You must write. Yeah, you definitely have to write a script someday. You know, so for the user for the for the user group. I just noticed that they are more inclined towards certifications, but it's been it's been going good so far. This month will be uh, we'll have a special guest, uh, Veliswa Boya. She's a senior uh, developer advocate at AWS. So we'll be having her on a uh, on a meetup group on the 29th of this month. So yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, uh, so shout out there, um, definitely. If anybody is watching and able to attend, definitely you should attend. Um, so that sounds awesome. Um, I think that's something I, it's interesting that there's that parallel there with certifications because I, I, I was doing a serverless Portland meetup for a little bit in uh, Portland, Oregon. And that was, and I also went and did some tech talks around like code schools and things like that. And definitely the certifications were the most popular part of it. Um, and it's kind of funny what you said, because I'm also somewhat in that same brain um, where I, I like part of me just like rebels against the traditional model of like knowledge, right? It's like the idea of doing like tests and exams and trivia and so on, right? It feels like you can yeah. almost just memorize stuff and then on paper you get that check mark. And I don't actually like that aspect of the industry, um, to be honest. Um, and I've talked about this before, so I'm not shaking any trees here, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the certifications being a, a point uh, and same thing as college, right? Like, um, yeah, and it, an advanced yeah. degree, um, for sure, you know, does something in terms of like commitment to following through on that, but in terms of like the actual like day to day, uh, and so, you know, I usually lean more towards like, can you actually do the job today? And if you can, the rest of it's, you know what I mean? The, like the rest of it's almost like yeah. secondary yeah. Uh, to everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, awesome. Um, and then getting to the end, um, you've already kind of promoted a little bit of the Douala Cameroon user group. Um, are there other things that you want to shout out? Maybe your blog, maybe like maybe you have some talks coming up or or other stuff. Um, yeah. What's going yeah, on? Most, most definitely. Uh, the first thing I want to shout out is my blog, you know, fatrabbitapps.com. You guys should check it out. That's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of content coming. There's a lot of content already there, and there's a lot of content coming up. And then um, I'm working on something really nice. It's, it's it's very beautiful. Let me tell you about it. So, <laughs> so uh, there's this. Uh, I'm creating this spot. You know, this this spot is it's, it's called Rose Rose Coffee. You know, it's it's like it's like a spot where you come and sit and you drink coffee and have pancakes. And I want to. And to build a whole a serverless application around that, you know. So because I would create, I create multiple spots, multiple spots like that, and then you know I'll also, I'll use serverless now to show you how to create, how to to create something, you know, to create a, a, an application that will interact. That you can sit at your home and you place an order on any of those shops, and then you actually see the order in real time coming towards you. Like it's something that I want to, I really want to get into it. I use serverless and, you know, break it down because I think it's a real life use case that a lot of people like to see, you know, and, and know how it's done. 
So I want to use this or this this my restaurants that I've, I've, I'm already setting up to actually build a serverless architecture around them and show people how to use services because I know that this is where EventBridge is, is I mean EventBridge comes in and it's it's really amazing and stuff like this. But not just EventBridge, there's a lot of other services and I think people would like to see, you know, just know how they could also build that for their own shops or maybe, you know, just know it maybe use the skill at their jobs too or something like that. So it's just something that I I think I'll I'll spend about a month, you know, just trying to work on at on my free periods. And then I put it to test at the uh, at the restaurant, and then I blog about it. I love that. I love that. Um, and and kind of on that topic of like, is that something that you want to do like in the physical world as well? Is like potentially open like coffee shops or is that, yeah, is that yeah, any like most, part of that? I think the the first the co- the first coffee shop launches on the thirtieth of this month. So so it's already it's 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 already uh. It's already been set up, and I just I just need to now bring it online, and you know, okay. So if you're around, if you're around here, just visit Rose Coffee and stuff like. So it's mm. it's actually something real, it's physical. It's not there's no it's not Love that. I'm not talking in the air or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so that's yeah. so crazy. Um, I think there's a lot of like similarity between you and I. <laughs> that I've run another call. Um, cause I, like, same thing for me. I just love, cause I, okay. I work from coffee shops sometimes. And so like the idea of creating something that's like works for me and also works for other people, you know? So this is really cool. Yeah. Um, super, yeah. super cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to, if I ever find myself on, on that part of the, uh, the world, I'm definitely going to grab a coffee. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, coming to a close, um, I think that does it for us on this recording. Um, uh, you know, I want to thank you so much for, for being a guest today, uh, Roshis. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you. For, thanks for having me. So. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, for those listening, this has been the Talking Serverless Podcast with uh, Ryan Jones. Um, if you like our podcast, if you found any of this information valuable and you want to hear more, learn more, etc., Uh, You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, as well as pretty much any other podcast thing out there. Um, And of course, join us next time as we sit down with another fantastic serverless guest.